brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Ah, uh, welcome to Preach Kev Preach. It's Pastor Kevin Kev here with another episode, another sermon. And today I, we're going to tag this one. It's easy to be a villain. And I have Antoine back with me. How you doing today, man? Hey, how you doing, man? Appreciate you having me back on the show. No problem. So every villain to me, you know, it's like it's like the media always, the media and the world just always have to have a villain for every story, for whatever it is. And to me, you know, every villain is a hero in their own eyes because I, I mean I feel like they can justify what they're doing. And you know, it's a couple, it's a couple of things going on right now in the sports world that I just want to want to address. And we got to pick, I guess, pick to see who's the real villain in the story. But first, we're gonna talk about, I guess, I guess this this the main one right here, Kawhi Leonard. Um, <laughs> Uh, I guess San Antonio fans. Uh, how do you, how do you feel about Kawhi? Just 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 overall. Nah, in all honesty, man. I seen where Kawhi was coming from with the whole. You know, he didn't feel like the team had his back with the quad injury, and I feel like the biggest reason. The I feel like the single biggest reason that he left was Tony Parker, man. I felt like we got rid of Tony Parker. He should have gave us at least one more year to try to fill it out. He said he didn't want to do that, so we had to. Do we have to do for best for him and well best for the team at that point? All right. So the trade was Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green sent to Toronto Raptors for Jacob Portal and DeMar DeRozan and a protected first round pick for 2019. Um, who do you think is a winner in this trade? Well, uh, I would say we are the winner and. The reason, and I say we, I say San Antonio Spurs, and as I am a fan of the Spurs, uh, I say they won the trade due to the fact that Kawhi didn't want to be there, and he also doesn't want to be in Toronto. Like, you know, we one thing that I said when he said that he wanted to go to the Clippers or the Lakers, I said Pop is not going to ship him where he wants to go, especially in the conference. Like. It's potential that we could play with you later down the road. So I feel like we we won a trade because he didn't want to be there. He didn't want to be in San Antonio. Uh, they basically we basically got an all star, but we got basically uh, the best piece who's gonna get back really ready piece other than some young talent because we weren't gonna get the same caliber player. We weren't with the top five player back for him. 
So we had to go, you know, get the next best thing. And I feel like the Rosen is going to come in for us and play well, man. I feel like, you know, he, he feel like he has something to prove. And he feel like his, we aren't, we, uh, Toronto wasn't loyal to him. So I feel like, you know, he's coming to San Antonio and we're going to accept him with open arms here in San Antonio. I like, and another thing I like about Trey, I like how we, we was able to pick up, uh, the, the young big. Uh, what's what's his name? Uh, Porter. Uh, Porter. Yeah. Porter. Yes. And I I like him, man. He's a uh, he he gives us some youth in our back uh, in our front court. You know, we getting old, kind of old back there with Lamarcus and Gasol. So he gives us some youth, and you know, them foreign big man, they play well in pop system. Uh, and I'm gonna play devil advocate because you know I think Toronto did a good job in this trade as well. Okay, yeah, you might not get to keep Kawhi. Maybe, you know, after this year. But think about this. That team in Toronto has been together, what? You know, I mean, besides adding Ibaka, they've been together three, four years. And we know Toronto's the same success. They get to the first or second round, that's it. Got to the Carver's Finals one time and got swept. Yes, LeBron James is gone. But Boston and Philadelphia are getting better. And Toronto, to me, is stand, was stand, standing still. You know, so they wasn't getting no better. And you got they had I think they had two years left with you know, with um with Kyle Lowry now, Ibaka and Val. And if you think about it, if you trade if you trade DeRozan's contract and let's say I mean now, I mean, 'cause like I said, if you if Kawhi gets back, if he's healthy, he's back to normal. He's the best I mean, I think he's the best player in the conference. I mean, maybe Yama's got something to say about it. But when Kawhi was healthy, let's not forget Kevin Durant wasn't making first team NBA because of Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard, and he was defending him and giving him twenty five a night when he played against him. So you got to think. I'm thinking. So in my head, I'm thinking. Okay, you might have fired a head coach, but the offense got better because of Nick Nurse, who's the head coach now. And if you, if you won fifty nine games with the Rosen, and you had the best bench in basketball last year, I'm thinking if you add a Danny Green and a Kawhi, I mean. You know, like like your two guard. I mean, you play now. You playing defense. OG play defense. Now you have you have a little a little small ball lineup with Ibaka at the four. I mean, at the five. OG at the four. You know, Kawhi down, Denny Green, Kyle Lowry. You got guys who play defense, and now you add an uh, offensive minded coach and Nick Nurse. You got to think if I win fifty nine games, I can at least stay there or maybe get to sixty. Okay. And, and, yeah, and, and if it, if it don't work out, only got only I got what you can start Lowry for you one more start, year. Ibaka for one more year, I can rebuild. And I feel like with uh, they got better from last year by adding them, uh, the Toronto Raptors. They got better by adding Kawhi and Danny Green. But I also feel like the Spurs got better. We added to a 49-47 win team. We added an All Star. We didn't. We we had like we added another All Star. Kawhi didn't play at all on the forty-seven win team. We right. was a six. We was a seven seed in the West as a forty-seven win team without our best player. So I feel like we 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 added a piece that we didn't have last year. So I feel like that's going to push our wins up. Yes, other teams in the West made moves, but I feel like it's some like the only two teams playoff wise, if we make playoffs next year, that I feel that that scares me in the West is the Rockets and the Warriors. So I feel like their head and shoulders better than us. I don't think I feel like the Rockets like that anymore. Yeah, because they did lose some defense, some of their defensive. Were they able to sign, resign Clint Capella? Uh, he hasn't. He hasn't resigned. Yes, he, he hasn't resigned. Yet. See, if he doesn't, and like I said, but he's going to resign. It's the it's inevitable. Yeah, ain't really so much money. Ain't nowhere else for him to go. But I just feel like you know those are the two teams. I feel like we could have beat we could have beat the uh, the Pelicans 
the Jazz, the Thunder, any of those other teams that was in the playoffs besides those two last year, in the seven-game series in the first round, we would have played anybody else besides the number one and number two seed. We would have been competitive. It would have been a six, seven-game series, right? That's how I feel about us. We, we got better from last year. We didn't get, get better from the year before, of course, because we lost Kawhi Leonard. But from last year, we got better. And he didn't want to be there. So if you don't want to play for us for millions of dollars, hey. That's true. All right, moving on to Le'Veon Bell and Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, so we're talking about villains. It's kind of it's kind of hard to pinpoint who actually is is a villain in the story because Le'Veon Bell, okay, he's been franchise tagged two times. And the media is making Bell look like the victim because of what he's asking. And I, I do understand about him wanting to reset the running back market because, one, he does more than a, a regular running back. And now, nowadays – I, I understand you got the Gurley, David Johnson. They do a lot just besides running. But you got to think, I mean, it's, it's really the players' fault that they got slotted into these, like, pay ranges. Like, you know, the court, yeah, like quarterback gets so much money. I got to pay the L, I got to pay the left tackle. I got to pay the defensive end a lot. You know what I'm saying? And then and then and running back. Corner. Yeah. <laughs> and then the running back, it just so happened. That, that lost art in the league nowadays, yeah, really. Yeah. But think about it, though. Because it's a pass person in the NFL. Pass person in the NFL. And if you think about the teams, you know, outside you know, outside of uh, what? Um, Pittsburgh, uh, Rams with Gurley, David Dallas. Dallas. I mean, the the rest of the NFL right. usually use committees. Yeah, it's running back by committee. You're right. You're right. And that's and, – and I feel like, you know, a bigger time I – I like I said, I don't want to name a villain in this situation, so I don't want you to put me in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> but – Honestly, I, I like I said, I see where both coming from. With the Steelers, you're pay, paying a, one player, you're run, and that one player being a running back, $14.5 million a year, and he wants guaranteed money. That's the big thing with Le'Veon Bell. That's the reason why they can't come to terms. He wants guaranteed money. And in Pittsburgh, we don't do contracts like that. We offer you your first year and maybe your second year. Those be guaranteed. And then the rest of your contract, nah, there's no guaranteed money for you to get unless you're on the roster. That's the only way you get guaranteed money. He won't money just if he get cut, regardless. And that we it, we don't fight like that. But I side with. If I have to pick a side, I'm gonna say I side with Le'Veon Bell on this man. And I hate to go against my beloved Steelers, but here are a few reasons why. I'm gonna say it like this: The great Jay Z said it best. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. His numbers speak for themselves, man. He's a top three running back, and he was in the top ten in receiving receptions wise. Like when you're, like if you take him off the field for us, in my opinion, you take him off the field, we become so one dimensional with Antonio Brown. It doesn't make any sense, man. It doesn't make any sense. So we have we have to pay him for the production that he's putting up. And it's time it's time for the NFL to start paying great players other than quarterbacks they're worth, man. The NFL is a multi billion dollar league, pastor. They're a most multi-billion dollar league. And that and they and they get paid. I understand it's way more players on the roster, but I feel like you should go to the, the next collective bar- bargaining agreement. The players association should go to the owners and demand more demand more of the the uh the revenue. Demand more of it. Because y'all are the workforce. That's what the NF that's what the NBA did. They went, they went to the collective bar table with Chris Paul as the head of the Players Association and LeBron as the VP, so on and so forth. They had their best, the best players at, at the top of the league representing them, and they asked for more money across the board. 
They have to do that if they if they want to be paid their worth. And the NFL is a brutal sport. For the best employer, for the best players to not be paid what they're worth by their employers, that's that's blasphemous, man. That's blasphemous. And me personally, I feel like, you know, this is the Le'Veon side of me talking. I feel like he should shut out a few games into the regular season, man. Uh, let them know what they're missing. Let them know what they're missing. 14.5 mil is a – that's a stretch. That's a stretch, Kev. That's that's a stretch for a running back. But if I feel like if we can meet in the middle at that ten to twelve mark, something in there, then we should we should we shouldn't bud like if we can offer him twelve point five million a year and he could we shouldn't go no lower than that because he's worth it. No, you're absolutely right because I'm just like I said, I do understand of him wanting to set the market. But let me tell you this right here: in two thousand eight, Stephen Jackson signed the contract, was the highest paid running back, and that was eight million dollars. Devontae Freeman is, is the highest paid running back contract. Eight point five and making eight point two five. Like, why haven't it gone up in in eight years? While, like you said, the other markets are rapidly increasing. And, and like it, I said, it's, it, it is it is bad. But you know, you it's like uh, a lot of teams, like you see, the Rams just paid Brandon Cooks. Now you mm-hmm. see how much money he just got. He is not worth what Todd Gurley is worth. And if you talk early, you gotta go to nego- to the table and be like, and, when, and like when is his contract up? Todd Gurley, because that's who that's who I want to see. Like, Le'Veon is trying to set the running back market for Todd Gurley. That's basically what he's doing right now. I think I think his contract may be up in. Let's see, he was. Uh, is this, this his contract year? Is this his contract it, year? It should be his contract year. Yes. Okay, so he's still under his rookie contract. So yeah. So yeah, he franchise tag for him next year too. I'm confident he will be franchise yes, tag. I think. I think. Zeke will be franchise tag. I think David Johnson, who's in, who's not being talked about, who was who's also relating with Le'Veon Bell right now. Yeah, he was uh, injured, holding out, but he he holding out. But David Johnson just as good as anybody else. Yeah, and, and I also feel like with Le'Veon Bell, man, they they say that you know he's had problems. He stays injured. Uh, he's been suspended. I just he he had. I feel like he had a one injury riddle season, in my opinion. That was the you know he, the year he really messed up his leg, and he had that weed thing. And I feel like you know we haven't had any more problems out of Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell since then, bro. Like if we let Le'Veon Bell walk, I guarantee you he's going to walk right into the Cleveland Browns' arms. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. <laughs> but see, but Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell, I'm not even really worried about the injuries and worried about the the weed because he's because man. he because he's um he's dominated on the field. But yes, my, like my yes. only problem would be is the miles on his body at twenty six. Because for a twenty six years old, he have a lot of body. And for Pittsburgh, for a team that runs him into the ground, get you know, I mean, he got like I said, if you if you're if you're leading leading the league in like carries and like you said, top ten receptions, like you have a lot of volume. He's a running back. How how you know saying how how much more do he have to give? Which I that's why I understand why Pittsburgh is being like a little delicate. But that's their fault. If you ram in the ground, you run you run him in the ground. But my thing is pay him so you can so you can run him in like no disrespect, but pay him so you can run him into the ground. Like you pay that man his money, he will give you great season after great season as long as his body can hold up. So like you know what's wrong with what's wrong with the short term deal? Like like you see what Kirk Cousins got a three year eighty four guarantee. You know he's not getting you know he's not getting a fully guaranteed contract because he's running back. But what's wrong with the two year I'm gonna give him twenty million dollars, like you know, like two years, all twenty million guaranteed, or three years, uh, thirty-five. You know, what I'm saying all of the guarantees, you know, something like that. How, why, why we have to push this number of five years 
We that I just and, and I just feel like with that, I just feel like you know they don't they don't. I just feel like for both sides, Le'Veon Bell. So say he has, he gets his two years, twenty mil a year, and you know, I, and he has to go back to the negotiating table after two years. Say he has two bad years, or he, oh, uh, he has a good year this year, then the next year, the year, his contract year is a bad year. He got to go back to the negotiating table after having a bad year, or say they pay him the twenty mil and he outplays his contract, like he. Outplays his contract. The Steelers don't want to have to go back to that. Like they, they they're trying to get something done long term because we we can already see with them negotiating if they have to come to this again in the next two to three years, it's it's not going to go well. Well, I know he's not going to get franchise tag again because if you get, oh no, nah, that's twenty seven million or something. If you get franchise tag again, it's a hundred and forty four percent increase of salary. So yeah. that's not something they want to do. Like, like, yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, T O. Another guy the media want to paint to a villain. Um, so he's skipping the Hall of Fame ceremony, um, and he says he's boycotting the Hall of Fame for those who had to wait and are and guys who are still waiting. So I guess my question is like, the NFL is being petty, or you think To is being petty? Because like, you see, you see the the NFL was is not was we were announcing that To is a Hall of Famer. I guess in the ceremony parts. But T.O., you know, and T.O. not even worried about it like that. But, I mean, I guess I get his side, too, um, because, okay. one, I think he should have been a first battle Hall of Famer because they chose Marvin Harrison over Terry Lewis. Like I said, go ahead, finish. I'm going to I'm gonna talk, speak on All that right, more so, when we finish. And my, my only thing about this is the T.O. thing should be in a void because my whole thing is they need to ch- they must change the voters. Like, I'm not saying you need to go – Scrap all the writers, but you need to have former football players, Hall of Fame football players, writers, Ooh, and current right. football players. Like just, just uh, you need a you need a committee of such because, yeah. like you said, like you said, numbers don't lie, and To numbers speak for himself, and it should have been first ballot Hall of Fame. True. Now I and I side with you on this because, like I said, I never side with the NFL on anything just because. It's the NFL, <laughs> but uh, I side with you because, like I said, the NFL doesn't respect its outspoken stars. They doesn't, they don't respect that outspoken stars. T, you said the TR should have been the first ballot Hall of Famer. You cannot write the history, the story of the NFL without putting the name Terrell Owens in it. Yeah, this man played. He should a Super Bowl with a broken leg. Yes, yes, like yes, and was arguably the best player in the Super Bowl. Yeah. On office for like on office for his team. You you can't you can't like and TO is and I can say TO but TO just so recent like more recently, he is the athlete where what he d- does off the field is counted for what he's done on the field. Like that doesn't make any sense to me when the Hall of Fame should be solely based on what you did on the field. Like I said, did, did they take OJ out the Hall of Fame because he did what he did, like you know what I mean? Right. Like they moved him down the ballot. Like was he not a first ballot Hall of Fame? Like you know what I'm saying? That's true. And then, like, but what is, what has really Tio really done off the field? Nothing as far as criminal. Like and, nothing criminal. And, and the crazy thing is, when you ask, because I've been like I said, I've been looking at different building up to this. I've been looking at different interviews with teammates and coaches talk about Tio. The one of the greatest coaches ever, Bill Parcell, loves Tio. Loves T.O. One of the great, the, 
greatest quarterback ever, Steve Young. Love T.O. Like, they love his work ethic, bro. You can't say that he, people say he tore locker rooms apart. But on Sunday, he moved the chains. He moved the chains. And that's why I feel like, you know, I side with T.O. on this, man. But I feel like he should have been, uh, you know, he should have been the first ballot Hall of Famer, man. Can't write the story of the NFL without, with T, without including T.O. in it. And I just feel like this is another reason why I feel like the, the NFL, the writers and the media should have a, they shouldn't have so much of a say-so who makes the Hall of Fame. Because the media didn't like T.O. Like, they didn't like him. Plain and simple. That's who always painted him out to be the bad guy. It was the media. So that's why I feel like, you know, I'm going to side with T.O. on this one. Uh, the NFL is being petty by not announcing one of its greatest players. Like, and, and that's another reason why the NFL, in, in my book, they just, they're, they're falling behind. When it comes to, when it comes to employers and employees and commissioner and players and owners and players, the NFL is far behind the rest of the league, man. There's no, there's no negotiating with the NFL owners from the player standpoint. And that's why I was out with T.O., man. He can't win for losing in this situation because of the media. And that's true. Like I said, I, I just keep going back to his first year of eligibility. And he lost to Marvin Harrison. Now, I'm not saying Marvin Harrison is not a Hall of Famer. He ain't T.O. But he's, exactly. He's not T.O. And I just don't, I just don't understand. And, and let's not forget, like, let's not forget Marvin Harrison almost had a murder charge, too. Yeah, murder charge. T.O., the worst like, he's done is did sit-ups in the driveway. Yeah, like, a, like, let's not forget that now. Like, people like to talk about T.O.'s character. That's what's holding him back. Nah, nah. T.O. hasn't been suspended for been accused of murder, rape, none of that stuff. That none of that. Had. And I just don't, I don't get why they, they had so much. But like you said, yeah, I was spoken. Yeah, spoken. Yeah. And that's it. Um, let's go move on to the N- WNBA. WNBA. Because this is another, another topic as far as like a lot of people get mad at when, when women say that they should be paid, you know, a certain, you know, a certain amount of money just like the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, my only thing, my thing is with WBA is I do. They should be paid more because that's why they play overseas because they get more money. But it's like it's hard to find the right spots for WBA, which is why they're in the summertime because you can't play them during the NBA season because that's all they gonna watch, and you can't play. You really can't play in the NFL season. The NFL dry, you know that's 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 the money market. So, mm-hmm. but it got to be a way to make WBA more to pop more. I don't know what what your idea is, and I'm gonna say this: the uh, this this last year, the NBA has had its it had its highest attendance in like since the early 2000s, like last year. More people watched the game; they they got more merchandise money to the WNBA last year than and than any other time since like since the early 2000s. And my biggest, and I say this: the reason behind that is they're they're finding other other ways to expand the game to get people to watch the game. And my biggest thing is, I don't know if you've seen this, but they've been streaming their games on Twitter. Uh, and that's, that's they've been reaching a wider audience by streaming their game on Twitter. That's smart. Yes, and they, so they've been, trying, they've been reaching a wider audience. And also, uh, you, you probably don't have Tidal, but I have Tidal. And they also stream some of their games on there. They're reaching a wider audience. They're growing their game. And I also feel like that, that in the next two to three years, 
is going to start to increase. The pay of the players is going to start to increase. Because just think about it. In the NBA, 20, the WNBA is 21 years old. When the NBA was 21 years old, you know how much they was making per year? $12,000, bro. <laughs> like, and, of course, we got to change it with inflation, with the time difference, of course. But they was making 12. They, they also had part-time jobs, like, in the NBA. You know what I mean? Right. So it's, like, it's, gro- it's growing. The NBA is growing at a faster pace now than the NBA was growing when it first started. It's growing at a very faster pace now than, than when the NBA first started. Well, yeah, and also, you know, you know how we look at, NFL, NBA, and you know how we think. Okay, now the times of, of talent has you know exceeded. So same same now. WBA is getting more and more stars. Uh, oh yeah, and yeah. and it's star and it's stars that we actually know. The Maya Moores, the Candace Parkers, the uh, Britney Griners. Like you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's like like I said, Britney Griner arguably had her own brand, her own following, just off the fact that she was dunking in college. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's like the college game is being, the college game is being more more exciting, especially when you get down to the final few teams. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. you seeing more seeing more competitive games in in the college area too. Because like I said, for a minute, just just for instance, Kentucky had uh, UConn, not Kentucky. I'm sorry, UConn in the women's game has had a their foot on the necks of every other college basketball team in the last what ten years? You could say, yeah. At their next, and I feel like a lot of the time that has been what's been driving the NBA down, but now it's pushing it up because Brianna Stewart came in a star just based off of her college career. Like we knew Brianna Stewart was a bucket because she won four national championships in college. Yeah, and then so dynasty, dynasties are good. Dynasties make everybody else get better, which is why everybody's trying to stack an NBA for Warriors. And then I feel like uh, also they're going to be begin making more money next to they, they're going to be the first sport. I promise you. I ain't gonna say the first sport, but they want to be one of the first few sports to cash in on the new gambling, uh, the new gambling rule that allow you to gamble on uh, professional sports outside of Vegas. I feel like the and the reason that I feel like that is because when you when you watch the WNBA basketball, how many blowouts do you actually see in the WNBA? Not many. The only, only one, many. only one you see when like, I mean, you got a couple bottle feeders, but that's because you know, yeah, but it's it's you know, all these have that, right. but. When I watch WNBA, because I do, I do watch it. People may be like, "Yeah, you watch it." I watch the WNBA. I'm a basketball fan, so people. Uh, when you watch the WNBA, it's all it's always a good game. So when when gamblers are looking at the WNBA, they looking like, "Okay, so this team only beating this team by two points." That's how gamblers think. They only beat this team by two points, so I'm gonna get this team to win. But I'm gonna say they're gonna lose by three because. All WNBA games are close. They're easier to bet on, yeah. And you get more, you get more money, man. Like so, it's going to start driving the revenue the NBA is bringing bringing in up. And also, a story I read about WNBA is they only give like forty five percent of their revenue is put in. Only forty five percent of the money they make is put into their players' contracts. That's that's crazy to me, man. I just feel like any professional sports league, at least fifty percent of your revenue should go to your employer. That's why the NBA contracts are so good. That's why the MLB contracts are so good. And that's why you look overseas to all them soccer teams, Real Madrid and Barcelona. They give over 50% of their revenue to their players. So I feel like, you know, everything about the, the WNBA is about to be on the rise from how many games are shown on TV to the attendance to the popularity of the league to their players. 
So I feel like, like I said, I've been seeing more. I've been seeing more Candace Parker this year now since than I've seen her since Tennessee. The the good the good thing about WBA is like you said the like the talent is getting better and better each each time. So all these players that are in the NBA WBA right now are great, but you know there's girls that's on the way, like coming that's getting genetically taller and genetically just yeah. already. Oh, yeah. and that's another thing. The NBA is is getting bigger. Like you're right. Like year after year, more you're seeing more. Like I said, it's gonna be rare. We probably will never see a seven foot women's basketball player, but we're seeing more. Six sixes, six sevens, and six, you know, taller players, more bigger female athletes, to be honest with you. And they're agile with it. Yes, they're moving, but like, you're right. Like, you're, that's, that's a good point. They're agile. They're not just big bodies. They're athletic. They actually have moves, man. They actually have moves, bro. They actually have moves. I, and like I said, one of my favorite players to watch play is Chelsea Gray from uh, their place for the Los Angeles Sparks. Oh, yeah, she she got it. And like I said, and she's just so clutch, bro. Like, she is just so clutch. So, like I said, WNBA is on the rise, Kev. And like I said, and don't, and when, when you tell that to somebody, they be like, man, no, ain't nobody watch WNBA. Just remember, I said this about two or three years. We having this podcast and we got millions and millions of viewers and listeners. Like, that's why I said two, three years ago, WNBA was going to be on the rise. And they are. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> All right. So, give, give me your top five WNBA players. Top five. Oh, in order? In order for five, go five to one. Uh, Aneka Ogumake, number five. Number uh four, Maya Moore. Number three, Sylvia Fowles. Number two, Candace Parker. I mean, I'm sorry. Number three, Della Dine. Number two, Candace Parker. And number one, the goat, Diana Taurasi. Okay, we got we we got four of the same five, but my five, I would put Brianna Stewart in there. As my five, because yeah. I mean, she just, I, just like like said, Fox, so. I mean, yeah, Stewart, man, like you said, you know, we got we had the privilege of being able to see her live, you know, because she played in our conference for our, our university. Yeah. So, and she was a bucket, she was a bucket. And like I said, six, five, six, four, six, five, who could shoot threes, rebound, push the break, push, push the break, do it, all. Do, do it all. So, that's why she's my number five. I got my more four, like you, Del Don's three, but you know, I'm a, I'm a spark at heart, so you know, I gotta go Candace one and down, down to Rossi two. Make yeah, I'm a spark man. I love watching, but like I said, and like I said, it's players that we actually remember playing in college. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's players we remember playing in college. Like people knew Skylar Diggins from being pretty at Notre Dame, but now she, like, she has a some fame because she's in the WNBA. She's built a a college. She built a brand at Notre Dame, so it was able to pass that pass on through to the to the WNBA. The big stars in WNBA are becoming are becoming global athletes. So that's why I feel like Sonas rise. And shout out to Kane, bitch, for scoring fifty three points. Oh yeah, a bucket. She was getting a bucket, bro. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Fifty three points. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna go over our, our sports villain top five list in the sports uh, industry. Um, so I'll start it off. Uh, start out. We're gonna go. We're gonna go in order. You go five. I'm gonna go five. All right, like so that. I'm. My five is as a sports villain because everybody outside of his city love him, and that's Tom Brady. Okay. Just, just, just how everybody. I mean, think about how jealous people can be for somebody to sustain success that long. Yeah, and and the NFL at that too. Yeah. Okay, my number five is uh the NFL owners. Mm. Yeah, that's a. You know, I, just, I say you know they 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 just been wrong on so many issues from 
the the protest to uh the Zeke Elliott decision with him being suspended even after we found out the woman lied, you know what I mean? Yeah. Things like that. So that's why I'm gonna throw the NFL owners in at number five. All questionable. Number four, I got the coach, the GOAT coach in college football, Nick Saban. And you know what's crazy? Number four, I had Nick Saban. But I took him off because I'm a Bama fan. <laughs> <laughs> so I, in his place, I put Bill Belichick. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, same For the same reasons. For Nick Saban yes. and Bill. All right. Uh, for three, I have, I guess, the NBA's bully. I guess Draymond Green. That's what I got. Three, Draymond Green. Draymond Green. I like Draymond. Okay, make my list. But number three, I got the richest athlete on the planet and Floyd Money Mayweather. Oh, yeah. He's always, and, he's always he's always gonna be a villain just because he's undefeated. Until like you yes. gotta hate on somebody you against too much. Crash. He's he, he's what make you unlikable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Number two, I got one of the dirtiest football players of all time. You know he's calmed down recently, and that's the Yep. All right. Well, that's a good solid pick at number two. And number two, I got one of the most successful football players of all time, and Tom Brady. Okay, so he's a little higher than me. Okay, okay. Yeah. And my number one villain is is Vontez Burfitt. Vontez Burfitt. See? And my thing is, you know, I said I wasn't gonna come at no Bengals in my today in my worst villain, because it would have been five people, five Cincinnati Bengals on the list. <laughs> but I'm the number one villain in sports to me right now, just from if I if I look at all sports, Roger Goodell, man. <laughs> Yeah, can't, like, listen, I, I just can't stand that man. Like I wake up every every other day, just about, and post a, a F you Roger Goodell tweet. <laughs> I mean, Roger Goodell, man, he just I don't know. He, I mean, like I said, if if your number your number five NFL owners and they pay him his paycheck, I mean, you know how 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 I guess likable you think he's going to be, you know. And my thing is with, with Roger Goodell is like I don't even like you know I don't you know I understand and but he's. He has too much power. That's what my like. He's the judge, the jury, and the executioner. Mm. Powerful. You know that's that's too much. That's too much power to to have in one person. He, Adam Silver ain't the judge, the jury, and the executioner. I see Adam Silver. Adam Silver all about players. That's what that's what. Yeah. That's, but but that's what the NBA is about. But the NBA is a players' yeah. league. So yeah. So I mean, I, I guess you can see why Adam Silver is more like the you know more like than than Roger Goodell. I don't know. I just man Goodell. Like I said, every and like I said, I just feel like. He always coming at my boy James Harrison. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm you glad. Know. I'm glad James retired, so I ain't got to worry about that no more. Yeah, uh, yeah, I ain't happy. I'm, I, I was kind of mad he went to play for the Patriots, but he's still a st- still at heart. So, oh yeah, of course. Salute James Harrison. So those are our sports villains. Uh, it's up to y'all to decide who y'all think is a villain in the Le'Veon Bell versus Pittsburgh, Tio versus the Hall of Fame, and even Kawhi versus the Spurs. Uh, we got you know got got a lot of things out there, and like I said, you don't. You don't know who's a real villain in the story until you actually know both sides. Thank you for joining me today, uh, Antoine, man. Appreciate no it. problem, man. I'm always here, Deacon Simon, to speak the gospel with Pastor Kevin Kev. Appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. We out.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.